Two. Yo. Okay, cool. Yeah, I went to another location because they had the people up there on the roof. What's up, though? <laughs> now you're outside, though. People going to start saying hi to you and whatnot. Nah, ain't nobody going to know me out here. <laughs> they don't know me. How you What's doing? What's going on? I, I'm doing great, man. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. I mean, I'm doing real good. You want to like tell like man, come on, man, you got to tell me the story, man. <laughs> well, uh, well uh, uh, the baby. Yeah, the baby, man. <laughs> um, man, that that whole situation was crazy, bro. Like, okay, so, um, I go get a haircut, right? Because I feel like the baby's gonna come, and then I go get a haircut. This is when my beard's going back because you know it's bigger than this. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> I go get the haircut. And then I said, okay, I got time. I'm going to go get my feet done. So I go get my feet done, <laughs> sipping my tea while I'm getting my feet done, right? Mm-hmm. And then Rondi, she she calls me and says, hey, I think it's happening. Whoa. How close are you? I said, I'm on my way. So I get in the car and I'm pew, pew, pew. But were I'm they, were they finished with your feet? Yeah, they were finished with the feet. Okay. So I leave, I come to the house, and then she's already, like, labor's already started. Is the midwife there? The midwife's not there yet. So the contractions, you know, they are getting closer and closer uh, together instead of apart. And so by, I think around five is when it really hit. And by 9.23, the baby was here, four hours and 23 minutes. Wait a minute. So she was in labor for four hours. And 23 minutes. Man. You lucky. Yeah. You lucky. I know. But then, but it was crazy because we labored in the pool. And as we in the pool, you can see the hair of the baby, you know what I'm saying, coming. My back is on fire. Let me tell all men out there, if you're going to do a home birth, which I strongly recommend, get your ass a stool to sit on. Because if you just bending your back over trying to hold this woman up while she pushing... My back was toe up for two days. I, I was like, man, I thought I really messed my back up. And I, and I, and I, and I need my back for my profession. <laughs> you know. So anyway, we laboring in the pool. And then from there, we go to the bed. And Wait a minute. Had, Wait a minute. So you in the pool. Did you, uh-huh. have, did you have music playing? Were there candles? Yeah. We had music playing. Uh, there wasn't, there was like one candle lit, you know, but the lights were nice and dim. It was a cool vibe. And then we, you know, they had already dressed the, uh, the bed, you know, cause the baby can come in the pool or things are not moving the way they should go in the pool. Then boom, you go to the bed. So we go to the bed. This is when things change for a second. That's why I say my wife is a, such a trooper. So it's kind of like we went from happy labor to surgery all in a matter of seconds because the baby was 13 inches head, 21 inches some change long, seven and a half pounds, you know? Mm-hmm. So the baby, since she's pushing, she's pushing with all her might. And the midwife is like, you know, I gotta, I gotta uh, snip you, you know, to help the baby out. Man, this woman ain't on no medication. 
no nothing. And she just and I'm watching and I and I and I saw I see them slip. I see her slip. Oh. And then I see I see Ronnie go, ah, like like, you know, and she grab onto the bedpost. And I see and then the midwife says, Roshana, push your baby out. And then this lion comes out of nowhere and she pushes the baby out, but that's the help she needed to get the baby out. So then the baby's on the chest, the umbilical cord, and it was wrapped around the neck, take okay. the umbilical cord off, you know, uh, and it's, and it goes from like, babe, you all right, to babe, push, to baby's here, you know. So it all worked out, and then she got stitched up, and uh, then that was, a, that was a process too, you know, like after the baby's born, you know, then you got breastfeed right away, and and then you're learning that. The wife's learning that. She mm-hmm. know how to do it, but it's like she's doing it for real this time. Okay. You know, and they all swollen and they hurt. I was like, man, women are amazing. And on top of that, as a husband, you checking in because you know, like that, you don't know when that postpartum is going to kick right in. Mm-hmm. So the thought that my wife was dealing with was, you know. If I could have pushed my baby out, I would be up and walking instead of sitting in the bed for like 10 days healing up, you know, and what you know, that's the lie because you can snip all day long, but if you don't push, no baby's coming. Absolutely. But I can see how a woman can do, can, can go through that, you know, and that's why I said she was so resilient and strong to be able to, to push the baby out like that. And most women get either they rip or they get snipped and they first, uh, their first baby. So it's not like it's something that is not normal. Did you, were you like looking and seeing what was going on? Did you... I was seeing everything the whole time. So as a man, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, hold up, y'all messing up my jaw. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, uh, but it was all right. It was cool. I was just so proud of her, man, you know, and it just, it gave me a new perspective and on just like, man, like say you're, you're dreaming, right? You you know, we, a lot of times we don't hear, we talking about dreams and goals and reaching that plateau. And, you know, in the meantime, what do you do between your, your triumph moments and your moments of learning? And when I watched the baby come out, it just made me think like, Listen, don't give up. Your dream is going to happen. The things that you want to do will happen, but it has an appointed time for it to happen. You know, because we go nine months and the baby is supposed to come March 10th. Baby doesn't come to March 22nd. Wow. But that's when the appointed time for the baby was supposed to come. Now, if we went, oh, man, I'm going to give her all we get. We need to go and get a cesarean or we need to rush the baby out. You know, all these different things come into play. But just know that when it's time, it's going to be perfect the way it's supposed to be. And the name? Hamabi. Hamabi. H-A-M-A-B-I. Hamabi. And do you just call her B for short at home or? Nah, I just be like Mabi or Hamabi. Um, it took me a minute to get used to it too, though. You know what I'm saying? It's like not a common name, but it means 12. And I paid 12 cents for Rondi. I always say that because <laughs> I had I, all I had was 12 cents. I said, God, yo, I need my wife, and this is all I got. And her birthday's April 12th, which is coming up. Uh, we started dating on April 24th when we met. 
and uh, we conceived the baby in Lenny Kravitz's penthouse in Miami on the 12th floor, and the baby comes 12 days late. So we named her Amabi. But she got a whole pile. She got a whole powerful name. God's power and authority of freedom and light. Now, Amabi Laverte Lou. What What did it feel like when uh, when the baby came and you didn't know whether it was going to be a boy or a girl? So what was what was that experience like for you to be surprised, like right as it happened? Well, the midwife said no one announced the sex until the parents look at the sex first, you know, because you got the midwife, her assistant, and my wife's mom is in the building as well, right? So uh, the baby comes out, and you're just happy to make sure that the baby's breathing and everything, right, and everything's working right. And then I look between the legs and I say, oh, it's a girl. <laughs> <laughs> but in my spirit, I knew I knew I was having a girl first anyway. Because? I just knew. I don't know why. It's like in my heart, I wanted a girl first. And maybe it's because my, I have a, a older sister. So I've always been the baby. And it's something special about having a sister first. You know, you can learn the game and they protect you. So it's a win-win. Man, it's so awesome. Uh, I had another question for you. How about uh, changing that first diaper? What was that like? It wasn't the first diaper because I've changed many diapers. It, you didn't tell me, Aaron, about the blowout diaper. <laughs> I didn't know nothing about no blowouts. On all the babies I've changed, I've never experienced a blowout. Well, boo-boo is everywhere. That you want to cut the onesie off or do something. I'm like a surgeon. I said, babe, we just cut the onesie off? Like, well, how do we, how do we do with it? How do we deal with this? That was funny. But, uh, yeah, it was cool. It was cool. It was cool. I mean, but that blowout was something serious, though. Because you got, it's just, it's a mess to clean up. And that's another thing that I had. Like, having a child just gave me so much revelation. Because, <laughs> I, because Aaron, I, I said to myself, as a father now, no matter how messy Hamabi may be, I'm still going to clean her up. Doesn't matter. If she boo-boo everywhere, I'll replace it. I'll, re I'll clean her up. And it just made me think of life, you know, and people and, and God. Like, no matter what you think you did the dirtiest thing or, you know, you feel like you're unworthy, the Father will always clean you up and put on a new pair of clothes for you and a new pamper and you'll be fine. After becoming a father, how did, how is your like perspective of your parents? How has that changed? In what regards? Just now, now that you're a parent and they're grandparents, they've been grandparents for a while, but mm -hmm. just like the way that you grew up, like now being a parent yourself and sort of being in their shoes, like, did you get any new revelations or did you think about your parents or did you appreciate them any differently after having a child? Well, I guess since I'll be having a baby on my chest a lot and then you know she's going to get older and then you know she's going to get smart with you at some point and it's like, <laughs> hold up, I changed that blowout diaper. Now I understand what, what parents or older siblings say. Hey, man, I used to change your diapers. I understand what they mean now. <laughs> like, don't ever raise your voice at me. I used to change your diapers. You know, uh, I just have, you know, I asked my dad, I said, Pop, you know, what advice you got for me in raising a child? He's like, well, 
if you raise the child like I raised you, you'll be all right. Like, cool. <laughs> My pop's smooth like that. So he right, though, you know, give him love. I always tell my wife, I said, I can't wait till Amabi gets a little older so I can push her down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for that moment. I'm going to push her tail down. Hey, listen, the world might push you down, baby, but you need to get back up. That's but, yeah, that's, that, that's the recap. That's the recap. <laughs> that's the recap. Stonecutters podcast. Aaron Hankins with uh, Will Catlett. Father. Newly, <laughs> newly, newly father of Hamabi, mm-hmm. Catlett. Uh huh. What's the middle name? I, I forgot the middle name. Liberté Lou. Liberté Lou. Hamabi Liberté Lou Catlett. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, man. Now, now this is this is quickly turned into the dad podcast. <laughs> right. <laughs> dad, dad, daddy cast. Yeah. <laughs> daddy cast. So, how's your time been? Like, baby's been, it's been uh, two weeks since since the baby's been born? Yeah, it's been about two weeks. Um, your baby's screaming. <laughs> I don't, I can't, <laughs> I can't hear it with the headphones on. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, dada. Good night, dada. Good night, um, Marin. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, we getting sleep. I think it's just a break in sleep. You know, like, you'll be knocked out, and then you got to get up. Okay. Like, 2 in the morning, or get up 4 in the morning. Mm. You know, so it's it's not like a consistent amount of sleep. So you find yourself tired a lot, but it's, uh... <laughs> my red is going off. I know that sound now. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. Get ready for it in two years. That's yeah. going to be Oh, you. I forgot to tell you this. This be killing me, though, with, with her mommy. So she get mad. And then she want to pee on you. <laughs> what? Say what? What's going on? So I be cha- I, I'll change her, and then she she don't want to be changed. So then she just start peeing. I'm like, sister, love, you gotta cut this out. Like, you can't be doing this. This ain't right. <laughs> but she just did. She just being a kid, but a little infant. But that that peeing on you, I'm like, all right. Oh, not to take it for a turn, but that's just my experience of cleaning a baby girl, you know, like, oh, wow, you know, and then my mind, I'd be thinking so far out. I'm like, oh, man, then she's going to have a boyfriend at one at some point in time. And I'm like, I got to get me a shotgun. So we're going to sit down. Whoever you are, we're going to sit down. We got to sit down and talk because you weren't in them changing rooms. <laughs> but also but just yeah. but also think about like the whoever your daughter ends up being with they're going to have to live up to the example that you set and the and how high you've raised the bar. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying, which is a good thing and a bad thing, but it's like just your your daughter being born right now and seeing what you've been able to accomplish and what you are are on the in the process of accomplishing like it's just mm-hmm. it's amazing stuff but just think about like the bar that our the parent that our parents set for us and how we were able to you know sort of achieve that and to, and to go beyond that and now like our children and the people that they meet and the people that they get together with like they're gonna they're gonna have to compete against the standards that we set right that's true i agree 
I'm setting high standards because I'm going for daddy of the year. <laughs> well, you already dad of the year. <laughs> I'm going. Then I'm going for daddy of uh, of a hundred years. <laughs> that whole dad of the year thing, like for me, if I see a, a father that's out there spending time with their child, and they're doing something fun, and they got a smile on their face, or they're laughing, like that's dad of the year. Like yeah. that's that's all you need to do. Like you, you do it every day, great. You do it every once in a while. I mean, just dad of the year. Like you a dad of the year. Every other father that I know. They're out there doing the right thing. They're all dads of the year in my yeah. eyes. I, I was excited though when I put in a little um a little carry and thing. You know how they you carry the baby on your chest. <laughs> uh you know, just to have that image walking down the street with my wife. You know, that was that was powerful to me today as we you know, it's one of the first times that she kinda really went out the house. And um just putting that image into the world you know there's there's dads out here that's taking care of their children yeah you know um and enjoy it too you know so and that's no knock to someone who didn't grow up with a dad but it's to give them encouragement for when they do become a dad absolutely yeah.